Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. <laughs> Gentlemen, take this man to the infinite labyrinth of eternal ice. Yeah! No! No! Take him to the police. He murdered someone. Take him to jail. You guys are weird. How you doing, buddy? How you doing, beautiful? What a what a warm face to, to see in this mid-afternoon. How you doing, man? You know, Zach, oh. um, in the words of boys to men, <laughs> light the fire, pour the wine, Girl, your wish is my command. We we we've come, Zach, to a. To I don't a... wait. That did not answer the very simple question of how are you, buddy. Oh, I'm getting there. Um, okay, go ahead. I'm ramping. I'm ramping. Okay. I'm ramping. Take you me know, with you and, then. Jesus. And I, the fire's lit. The wine is yeah. poured. Um, not only will I make love to you, Zach, but <laughs> also, as boys to men said, we've come to the end of a road. And if mm. not the end of that road, we've come to a a, a fork that we take that brings mm. us back to the same road anyway, <laughs> if not quite as paved. Um, wow, honestly, that is a little bit deeper than I expected you to say. That because yes, the episode of the podcast that we're doing right now feels like it has some finality to it. Whoa, at least you know introducing it to us but of course like you said it feels like we're taking a fork in the road that's leading us to a slightly less well-paved version <laughs> of the same road that'll continue next week as it always does yeah so it's not really the end of anything even if it kind of feels we're like still it. in this in this car it has no well rate. it is the end of a season it is the end of season three of community that's that's where the celebration we made it through another season of the show and i think we did it in record time we blasted through this thing yeah, it seemed, you know, like it, it was only yesterday, Zach, that we were talking about Dungeons and Dragons in season I know. two. Man, and I I don't very often, but whenever I have a reason to look back at something we did, especially season one, wow, what a journey. 
I feel like we've come a long way. We still have so far to go, but I don't know. Sure, we still do super awkward beginnings of podcasts, but they yeah. were really awkward. In I'm the beginning. sure they were probably really bad. Uh, welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, everyone. The third season finale. That's so exciting. Yeah, we, we're, we're here. Hello. Welcome. We are here. Welcome. I'm Zach, and all press is good press. No press is bad press. Nice. No matter what you're hearing. I'm Steven, and I didn't take anything from the episode to write down, but you know what, Zach? I just wow. want to say that no, I don't it's been hear a great it. season doing this with it's you, It's been fine. I'm Steven. And uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Steven doesn't got dick is is what you got. <laughs> welcome to the program, everyone. We want to start off the show. You do it then. Who do we want to shout out at the beginning of the program? Uh, we want to start out by shouting out our ten dollar and up patrons over at patreon.com slash you got this. You can't disappoint a podcast. No. Can't disappoint podcast. Yeah. Uh, over at patreon.com yeah, slash can't time. disappoint there podcast. <laughs> um, that would be Mary Baker Budisa. Brian Thurman, and uh-huh. Danny M. Lugo. That's right. Struggle to remember your girlfriend's name of the yep. three. That, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for yeah. doing all that you do. You keep the, the, the gears greased and the cockles warmed uh, so that we can keep doing this. All right. I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and pass the cockles back over to me. I'm going to take the cockles back from you on that one. Great job. All but right, you're the cockle captain. By talking about the Patreon, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast, where we do the live weekly you can't disappoint show every week, whereas where we weekly, you know, kind of grease our guzzlets before we Ooh. come talk about community over here. And this week we had a very special guest uh, of our papa, communities on twitter we had matt from communities on the pre-show this week and it was such a a, a nice time with daddy we had some great daddy time there was definite some you know typical jokes to what you would expect so if you Mm want to hear some awkward talks with pops come on over to the patreon what did you think think we should start well i i always love daddy time he only um has visitation with me every 17th 43rd and uh-huh. for some reason, 53rd uh, sure. weekend of the it's year. on the holidays. Yeah, but yeah, he the, the math never works out so that I see him more than twice. I don't know. Maybe it was like an error like on the judge's part. Uh, I think but it was, was great to get to have purpose. some, un- <laughs> some surprise time with him. Yeah, it was fun. We played some games. Some laughs were had. Tears were shed. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, it was, it, was a real, it was a real deep family awakening. And I think it's yeah. worth the $5.00 and up to go check that out <laughs> what's up buddy how's your week been it's been good it's been busy I'm getting ready for another event the last like few months and upcoming couple months at work are going to be pretty slammed and swamped but it's all fun all exciting you know and and i uh get to do something that i really enjoy so it's all good which in is the proverbial this this podcast yeah, 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 yeah. I'm all working towards where I can just retire from dancing and podcast full-time. Podcast about community full-time. Yes. That's funny. Tell, tell me about your dance competition. Well, the, uh, the upcoming thing we have is not really a competition uh, as it is like a graduation celebration because like our students uh, like, are kind of <laughs> moving up to like the next like dance level, some okay. of them. So some like of them. we're – yeah, some of them. The all ones of that, yours? Uh, all of mine that I wanted to <laughs> – you heard it here um, first, folks. Yeah. 
the rest of you can, you know, work harder. Uh, no, but, um, yeah, so they, they, like, have to basically demonstrate that they know how to dance. Sure. Like, they have to do all the strokes. Me. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, normally they're dancing with me, but then they have to do it by themselves. It's right. a little scary. But if they can do that, that means they actually know it. Without your actually supple hands guiding exactly. their hips. Without my, uh, my, my thighs surrounding their thigh to then move their thigh. I can't help but think of that episode of It's Always Sunny where they're having like a dance marathon and whoever wins gets to have their bar. Mm-hmm. And Dennis is trying to fuck some guy's wife. Yeah. And he's acting <laughs> like he's teaching her dance. And he like tells the husband to go fuck off. And then he like grinds with the wife. And he's like, I'm going to dip you real hard. That's what have, that's whatever I picture when I think of you teaching dance. What you should picture is um, have you ever seen like the one star reviews that Vice does on YouTube? No, but they're I really I feel funny. Like I can get the idea, kind of. They're super funny, and the guy is like really awkward, which makes it mm-hmm. even better. But he did one where he went and took like a tango lesson from some guy mm-hmm. that was like one star reviewed on Yelp, and it was hilarious. And that's basically oh maybe what I, I have is he like I went to the lowest rated whatever yeah. in my state and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe I have seen that. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move into the momentous occasion. We've finished season three of Communities, so let's talk about it. Uh, we, we we're saying we finished it as if we're not still still right at the butt crack of it. We've got just a little bit more to discuss, and today we're doing that, talking about season three, episode twenty-two. It's introduction to finality. It was directed by the great, the prolific Tristram Shapiro, and it was written by Steve Bassalone and Annie. I don't know how to say her last name very well. Mebane, Mebane. Uh, as a team, they previously Mibane. wrote. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. They previously wrote regional holiday music together, so that's a good one. Nice. And then in season four, they write cooperative escapism and familial relations. That's the Thanksgiving slash Jeff's dad episode. Uh, okay. They wrote that one, and also with Maggie Bander, the two of them wrote Heroic Origins, which is like the season four superhero uh, study group. Mm-hmm origin story episode so we'll see a little bit more of them later the episode originally aired along with all three of the final episodes of season three of community which is still so weird what a strange block i feel like i've needed the week in between to really digest each of these episodes so for them to just be right next to each other especially with oh well let me say it originally aired on may 17th 2012 things like uh the beginning of this episode Britta saying so many times, well, Abed's feeling down because Troy's with the AC repair. There's a lot of exposition for an episode that aired directly after the last one. Mm -hmm. Not that they would have known that one right I feel like it would have been hard to think that, you know, not saying that I didn't like this episode, but that this week's and last week's. We start every episode with that. We immediately have a couple of things that we want to talk about, (laughs) and we're like, yeah, that was really shitty. Not that we don't like the episode. We'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we just continue to shit on it for the whole thing. But, like, the digital estate <laughs> planning is so good. Yeah. Yeah, and it was really immediately good. immediately after to have two episodes that are not as good. Not as good. I don't. It'll be interesting to talk about what we feel mm-hmm. about this episode. But before we get to it, let's do our trivia. I think I've got five questions for you. Zach, I have yes. been a studious boy, and I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions wow. today. Okay, so what? Do you want to give me two, or do you want to do mine in order? So if you double any of them? Exactly. I'll just start. I'll okay. give one, and then you go from there. Um, what time is Jeff's biology final? Ooh, I don't know. Three o'clock is gonna be my guess. Mm, five o'clock okay. is what we're looking for. He's free from three to four. Mm, what is? Oh, okay. 
I remember that line now. Mm-hmm. What is Abed reading the novelization of? And uh, towards the beginning of the episode when evil Abed first comes mm-hmm. to talk to him. Oh! <laughs> I remember the line, but I can't remember mm-hmm. what he said. Chronicles of Riddick. Ah! I thought you'd remember that one. Yeah, I, I should have, because I have seen all of the movies in that series I figured. That sounded times. like a Steven thing. It is, definitely. An awful sci-fi movie starring Vin Diesel? Absolutely. Not off to a great start. The first movie wasn't even called, like, anything to do with him. It was called, like, Blackout or, like, <laughs> Dark... Something to do with him being blind. Riddick, First Blood 2, Part <laughs> 3. Um, what kind of wrench is mentioned on the blackboard in the AC repair class? Oh, man, I know. It's, like, written really fancily about, like... This is mine, and this is what it means to me. Yeah. But I don't remember, so I'm just going to guess. Is it socket? Uh, it is a Limpkin wrench. Yeah, okay, yeah. And uh, due to my lack of a <laughs> male influence in my upbringing, I don't know what that <laughs> is or if it's real. Yeah, I, I'm sure they just looked at a list of wrenches and found the one that sounded the most fancy. I, there's probably mm-hmm. a shit ton of wrenches or types sure. of wrench. There's a what do I wrench, have next? Okay, a, a similar there's question. A... What was Vice Dean Laybourne working on when he inhaled a lethal dose of Freon? Oh, it was like a flooded pump or something. Mm, I like the sound of that, but that is not yeah, the answer we're looking right. for this time. What is it? It is a flow duct rupture. Ooh, I knew there was an a fool and a <laughs> uh in that. Yeah, bad but way. unfortunately, that's not how the game works. Mm-mm, not quite. Mitosis is when cells <laughs> blank. Uh, oh shit. Mitosis when they <laughs> is it when they separate? I'll take it. I was looking for divide to finish the quote, but I'll I didn't remember separate. the quote, so I had to think if I actually knew mm-hmm. what it was or not. Yeah. Uh, what do, what does Evil Abed raise Britta's darkest timeline meter to in the Dreamatorium? What's the the top number we see in there? Um, twelve percent. Yep. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, more on him later. Uh, <laughs> what? Which two outfits did the dean ask the courtroom to choose between? Uh, Judge Judy or Judge. Ooh, I don't. Uh, I can't remember the second one. What was it? Uh, it was Judging Amy. Judging Amy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which I've never seen, but I know it Stupid. exists. Stupid. Okay, my next question for you, my friend. Or is it mm-hmm. your turn? Did we just do the meter, I just did or? Judging Amy. It's you. Okay, okay. My next question for you, what is the setup to Pierce's courtroom joke? Oh, it's a... I know it, I know it, I know it. Okay, well, that doesn't uh, help. <laughs> I don't remember the first word, but I'll okay. come back to it. A blank and a Jew yeah. walk into a Chinese bar. No. Chinese restaurant. No. Chinese hairdresser. No. And there's a gay something. What is it? An Irish, an Irish and one. a Jew. Mm-hmm. Pierce just says an Irish oh, and wow, a Jew walk into a Chinese laundry with laundry, a gay duck. The gay duck. Yeah. You got like 50 to 60% of that, mm-hmm. though, so not terrible. I have a, a real thick one okay. for you that, if I like answered perfectly, would have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven and a half correct answers to it. Let's hear it. If you can get four to five, if okay. you can get four and a half, Just I'll say it. it. To you. Just say it. What things does Evil Abed compare Britta to? Mm. 
okay, so the pop culture ones. Well, Jim Belushi at the end. Mm-hmm. Was it Back to the Future 3 yes. and RoboCop 1? Or was it 2? Two? 2. Then I'm trying to remember what he said just before that. Because I almost wrote these down, but I stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're like the Brita of psychiatrists. Was that one of them? Or... or she he uses the Brita Turner phrase. May, I'm maxing out. Well, give me some of the rest. So, okay, of them. so he says that she is every kid on the playground that didn't get picked on. Yep, she is a business casual potted plant. <laughs> she is human white sail. VH1. I don't know what that one. Robocop two. I don't either. VH1. Uh, I almost yeah. that was on the tip of my tongue. Mm-hmm. Robocop two. Back to the Future three. Then he says that she's like the center slice of a square cheese pizza, but then takes it back because that would be good. Then that calls her good. Jim Belushi. Well, I did what I could, Stephen. I've got one more question for you, and it's got a little bit of girth to it too. Ooh. So we'll see how you do when the girth is turned your direction. <laughs> uh, what are all the future flash forwards at the end of the episode? There's one, two, three, four, five, six ish. There's six. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the easy ones that I know for sure first. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, Shirley and Pierce, the opening of the sandwich shop. Yes, that's number one. There was Starburns. Yes. There was Jeff Googling his father. Yes. There was Abed, um, and Annie taking down the dreamatorium. Yes. Now, are you including the whole scene in that apartment as one? Kind of, yes. Yes, okay. Yes. So there's two different ones. Because um, you're was... talking about Abed putting it back together. Yeah. That I, I put, yeah, go ahead. See if you can come up with anything else. Um, I've got... I think you've got two. Yeah, I have two left. I'm trying to remember what Brita was doing. That wouldn't get you an answer. Ah, uh, okay, then that's why I don't remember it. I believe you missed Jeff passing the test. When he's okay, yes, for I did score. miss Jeff passing the test. And you missed Dean Spreck plotting the, while Chang's the in tank. the vent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but overall you did good. That was my last question. Do you still have like one or I two? I have two more. Go ahead. Let's see. For it. you. Let's um, hear it. We've got, what temperature do each of the sun chamber sides get up to? What is their maximum Oh, shit. Okay, well, I know Troy's max is like in the 90s. Like mm-hmm. ninety four. Um, I will give that one to you. It was ninety five, um, okay. and then when it starts to go down, it goes immediately to ninety. Okay, the max out of the other one, it's like a hundred and forty two. Mm. What was it? Four. Close. One hundred and forty five. Okay, I if did you were okay. Within two, I would have given that one Shut to the you. Fuck but I'll give fifty. <laughs> I did fine. Um, and then how many views does Leonard's video have at the end? Oh, man. I saw that one of the ones next to it had like a thousand something views. Yeah, I don't the, know the, what the, the four cheese video pizza had. one is a hit. So like 400 and something? Um, it was 740, but it was okay. a, he, he did well on that video. Well, nice. Good round of trivia. You, yeah. you really you really showed your prowess this time, Stephen. Sure really did write some stuff down. And let's move on to what we were sent in this week. It's season finale. We got some. We got our our email bag just stuffed full. No, we've got four emails this week. <laughs> just Zach. super I'm stuffed. Very a, a whopping four. <laughs> well, it's a very small bag. We still use yeah. like a Hotmail offshoot. It's one of the smaller Ziploc baggies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read this first one. The subject is Taylor the Tool Time Guy slash mm. in 
sane podcast. Tim Allen, binger. I'm not a good. I'm not really a huge fan of you, but I, I appreciate the the attention you're bringing towards us, Mr. Allen. Thank you. <laughs> it says, "All right, so I snuck an early listen to the beginning of this week's show because I Naughty. wanted to see if y'all were still reading emails at this point." Insert Tim Allen noise here. <laughs> I didn't. I I don't know. Uh? Is that it's more it? Of a, I, I, I didn't, didn't uh? want this. It's more like that. Yeah. I gotcha. I finished season one in between these emails, so now I have two weeks to finish all of season two slash three. I'm a brewer, so lots of time for podcasts while That's cleaning cool. the brew house and waiting for various liquids to heat up. I want to say, though, there's not really that intense of a time crunch on it, man. Really glad <laughs> that you love the show. Really glad that you want to catch up. We'll be here, dude. You can take your time. <laughs> um, I'm worried about your mental health if you go through that many so fast. I uh, that's a lot of us in a short period. That's of time. a lot of us. I have trouble with the two hours a week. Yeah, it's too much for me. Honestly, I check yeah. out about halfway through for about 15 minutes. Gotta take a break. Right. Trivia: What were the sidebar etiquette rules for the Greendale Court? No idea. Be nice to Shirley. Really? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. That was like one of the things he said to him. I have no I don't no know if that's clue. what he's talking about. I don't know. Sorry, MVP. Buzz. <laughs> Buzz. Yeah, I'm going to start calling him Buzz. Nice. Is Tim Allen doing the voice for Buzz in the new movie? No, it's uh, like it's because it's not Buzz Lightyear. It's like the guy that Buzz Lightyear the toy was based on or something. Uh, it's like Chris Evans, I think. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, is it actually Chris Evans? I think so. Or that's Chris, funny. Or Chris Hemsworth. Oh, I I'd like that better, but I, I don't, don't think Chris Hemsworth, he's Australian. Chris Pine? <laughs> it was definitely a Chris. I think it Chris was... Chris Pine was in Star Trek, so that would track. There you go. Um, <laughs> One of the Chris's. MVP. Well, what else does Chris have to say? <laughs> goes to goes to Britta. Um, Britta okay. does a fantastic job dealing with the emotions evil Abed hits her with. Love her. Same. Uh, best moment. Evil Abed trying to motion Jeff over to the bone saw that's plugged into a three-foot cord. The body language is hysterical. That was funny. Um, And then he says, I'll sneak a peek next week. (laughs) Naughty boy. You're so naughty. Chris, come on. (laughs) Um, To listen to the response, then dip back out again. No spoilers, but apparently y'all have a Patreon now. Man, y'all grow up fast. All kinds of shit, Chris. We talked to Joel McHale. I don't know if he's gotten there yet. That'll be a Was that one. in season one? No, that was like near the beginning of season two. Wow. Wild. Um, man, y'all grow up fast. Keep up the great work and I'll be seeing y'all again soon. <laughs> See you soon, Taylor. How are you how, Chris, how are you seeing us? Um he's a he's a video watcher. He goes to the YouTube. Okay. Yeah, send us a a, a <laughs> pack of beer. Honestly, yeah, if we can get some beer out of this. I know Steven and I sound about 14, but we're both men in our mid-20s. It's true. Wink. <laughs> uh, thanks like, for I'm writing I'm a professional it. dancer. And, we, and I'm like, I'm I an like astronaut. I like to go to my dance club. <laughs> <laughs> Football playing king in space. Um, oh, man. Next up, we've got an email from our good old buddy, Nate the Great. Hey there, Nathan. Nate. Nathan for you, Nathan for, for us. us. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, hey, guys, it's Nate. I think it's a What's pretty up, good man? episode. And okay. it, I think, sorry, that made it sound weird. Nate's I not weird. Let me read it right. Yeah, Nate's not. Uh, <laughs> that was I think not this classic is Nate. a pretty good episode, and it works well as a finale. Now, that's classic Nate. Uh, I think that the darkest timeline stuff is a little meh, but it's definitely better than the way it's handled in season four, which is always a plus. I will. Drink you know to what, that. Nate? That is a great 
I will drink. I want to that. clap for Nate. I that will was drink great. some of Tim Allen's free beer to that <laughs> one. I thought John Goodman was a good addition, and the way the AC repair annex was so cultish was really entertaining. Yeah. I also loved seeing Rob Corddry's character again. Uh, Speaking of Rob Corddry, I just want to pause Nate's awesome email for a moment uh, to apologize to Rob Schraub. Um, I recently listened back to that podcast, and. Uh, I was being a silly boy, and I was I was silly to make fun of your name, Rob Schraub, just because Rob Schwab would be a more realistic name, and Rob Schraub sounds like something that somebody who's Man, making fun of you would say. One of the most classic mean... moments of the, of the entire podcast was Stephen uh, stating how he could say it if it was Schwab. I can, because Schwab is a name. No, you stop explaining it, though, because you know that it's wrong. Yeah. All right, Rob Schwab, come on the show. Let's talk about it. We'll fight it out like men um, or women. Fight it out however you want. We'll be like, hey, Rob, we'd love to talk to you. Please don't (laughs) listen to our show first. (laughs) Back to Nate. Not only did he say that he loved seeing Rob Corddry's character again, but this is an episode I didn't remember liking, but after a couple of Mm -hmm. watch-throughs, I've surely changed my mind. I think my favorite funny moment would have to be when Dennis, he was for sure on coke or another amphetamine, (laughs) was announcing the rules to the Sun Chamber duel and the Dean hitting his fresh tattoo on the corner of the table. (laughs) Yeah. Right? How come no one questions Abed with the bone saw? MVP would probably be Troy due to fighting to change the AC repair annex despite being released from it. Mm. Anyways, rant over. Good episode. Excited and scared to revisit the next season with your commentary on it. Me too. P.S. Did you see the cameraman in the mirror of the Starburns clip? Just noticed it while writing this. Wow. Good catch, Nate. Classic. Classic, Nate. Trivia. What is this episode's shut up, Leonard? Um, I know about your crooked wang. Mm-hmm. It's a great one. Two, what does the board say in AC in Troy's AC repair class? Well, you uh, mentioned this is my Lumpkin wrench. There are many Lumpkin wrenches like it, but this one this is mine. This one is mine. That, yeah, whatever the rest of it said. Um, what does Troy call RC repair school? I'm assuming he means AC repair school. RC I don't repair know. would be much more fun. Yeah. I don't know either. This is a tra- this is a trade school with a two-year degree. Is that the part you're talking Boom, about? Boom, nicely done. You, he murdered someone. Uh, <laughs> what is Abed reading while trying to ignore evil, Abed? Oh, I know this one. I know this one. Let's it was the it, novelization buddy. of the Chronicles of Riddick. Yes. Which would be interesting because that was the second the movie. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in that movie, the reason why he has, like, superpowers, huh? he's basically Daredevil, I but know nothing an alien. about it. He like wears those goggles because he's like, I have these special eyes. But it's really because oh, when he was born, his umbilical cord got wrapped around his throat, and all of a sudden now he like is Daredevil. But he's not like blind. He can just like see at night or something. I don't know. It's weird. Did you see the meme that was going around about uh, uh, the like Instagram post that Vin Diesel posted of him and The Rock? Oh, I didn't see the memes. I just saw the post, and I thought it was hilarious. It was like, you're my brother. My kids call your you Uncle Rocky. Is to do, yeah. <laughs> your destiny is to do Fast and the Furious You must. 10 I made a promise to some finale. guy that I'd make 10 of these motherfucking movies, and, and you're going to be in it because that's your that's your ohana. That's your family. I, don't, you. I feel like he's he'll do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that he like he made a whole spinoff movie about them. I don't think The Rock is turning down a lot of roles. R-O-C-K Rock! Oh, man. I saw a really, really, really funny clip. Uh, it was on TikTok, uh, and it like started as like a scene from The Hunger Games, and then like 
the line like bled perfectly into the rock rapping and it was oh, really no. really funny um thanks, number thanks one, Nate. number five <laughs> <laughs> what poster is hanging in the room where the semi mock trial happens besides a picture of a trial and is next to the greendale flag i don't know what it says i saw there was something there there's one that's like and mock justice for all i don't know if that's the one they're talking maybe. about maybe i don't know uh, oh nate classic nate nate gave answers the whole time let's we didn't hear them. know first one we got it shut up leonard i heard about your crooked wang Two, this is my Limkin wrench. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My Limkin wrench without me is useless. My Limkin wrench is part of me. <laughs> nice. Uh, and you nailed it. Nail, hit the hit the wow. nail with the hammer, Great. Zach. Uh, it's a trade school. It's a two-year degree in boxes that make rooms cold. I did Number that. four, wow. the novelization of the Chronicles of Riddick. And Zach, I think maybe for the first time we've gotten all of somebody's questions correct what because number it? five, mock trial poster that reads, Greendale Court, mock justice for all. Hell yes. Well done. Well done. Well done. Um, all right, next up from to us our... or to Nate? Are we saying thanks to Nate or are we just patting ourselves on the back? We're patting ourselves. Okay. Thanks, Nate, for the great email. Yeah, stay you out rock. of this, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have a beer on us. Uh, <laughs> Courtesy of Timmy Tim, <laughs> who will hear this in about a year and a half. <laughs> um, hi, guys. I say underrated a lot, but this this is from our dead. Hi, guys. I say, Somehow who, for I those knew. who don't know, is communities on Twitter. They uh, know. Hi, guys. I say underrated a lot. <laughs> Even if this is their first episode they've ever heard, they know. Uh, this episode has we always been clear. one for me. It has a lot to do, sure does, and does it nearly perfectly with a winger speech to bring us home. My MVP is Jeff. He carries it through. Have a great one, guys. Communities, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Uh, question Love number you. one. What is Abed reading when he talks to evil Abed? The novelization of Chronicles Old of Riddick. News. We got that. Yeah. Number two. What judge outfits uh, does the dean need help deciding on? Judging Amy or judging Judy? Um, and number three, what insults is Evil Abed used to shut down Britta? Now, according to him, he does have one that we did not, that I did not have in mind, but I don't know how I feel about that. I, I suppose it was a different question than mine. I said, what does he like compare her to? Yeah. He just says, what does he insult her? He does yeah. uh, say that she's average before saying the other thing. I, I, I could see why that would, it's part of the mm -hmm. same line, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good for you, dad. <laughs> Well done. Show up, your boy, again. Like the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Think about thanks, what you've done. Thanks, communities, for writing in. Uh, we just saw you a bit ago, and you said I sent an email. So thanks for telling the truth. <laughs> Unlike when you said I'll be there for your next birthday, son. Yeah. Next email is from our good old pal at Peep Reviews. Another friend that we hung out with on the on the pre-show. It's true. Um, and they, they say, hey, young fellows, how's it going? I'm still kicking. So that's good, right? Glad you're still kicking, Peep Reviews. What does Jeff keep repeating from his biology book? Mitosis. Mitosis. Talks all about it. What store is in the cafeteria other than Shirley's Sandwiches? Oh. Well, the, I don't think the coffee shop's there anymore. I don't know. No. I'm going to guess Walmart. Um, <laughs> what type of wrench is mentioned on the chalkboard? And the Walmart has a subway. Exactly. Uh, that's the that's The, the fuzzy lumpkin wrench. Um, it's the limpkin. The, the webkin? The, the webkin webkins. wrench? Shout out to webkins. I guess. Uh, Come on the show. Yeah, please. Today's show is brought to you by webkins. <laughs> <laughs> 
Zach and I are the only people that still pay for it, but yeah. you know, we're there. Yeah. Okay. Hello, Abed. Ready to get therapized? Is that what Brita says? Is that a question? Yeah. It just what? says, hello, Abed. Ready to get blank. Therapied. Yeah, maybe it was therapied, not therapized. Um, what two judges does Dean Pelton refer to? Judy and Amy. Hmm. Um, what are a couple things that evil Abed calls Brita? We've been through this. <laughs> Gosh. How many winds Keep are up. there? There's five. There's north, south, east, and the one they won't tell you about. Lily uh, is literally in the other room, so they can like hear us like, damn it, they're answering that <laughs> one already. <laughs> like, like they give a shit. Yeah. Um, okay, that's all I got. Hope there are no repeat trivias, LOL. What Joke's a joke. on you. There were a couple. To be fair, they did have three new ones. Four new ones. Wow. Good for you. And that's the well emails done. for the week, right? Yeah, thanks. Oh, sent from Judge Pelton's dressing room. There's an image nice. attached to this. The Honorable. It's scary. Yeah. Um, it's one of those, <laughs> like, deep memes okay. where it's, like, really distorted image and then, like, some like words on top pasta. of it. Yeah, and it's it's this scary guy, and it says Joe Mama. That's all glare, but I can kind of yeah, see you the can, guy. You see what you need to. Oh, yeah, sure. Frightening, right? <laughs> Well, thanks, everyone, for emailing. That was a good old round of emails. Was it not? Joe Mama. Everyone, next week, well, two weeks from now, next week we'll be doing our season three roundtable, which will be a lot of fun. But following that, we're diving into the gas leak year. We're diving into season four, and what a fun time that'll be to correspond with us. So go ahead and send us in some trivia, your episode MVP, and your favorite funny moments, if you have any, from History 101, the season four premiere. Excited to dive into it. You know, I, I'm looking forward to it, Zach. It'll be interesting for sure. In the meantime, Stephen, it's time for it's time for the test of of mm-hmm. fits of wits, Stephen. It's time to see just how closely you paid attention to this week's episode and your trivia showing. Maybe bodes well. What do you maybe. think? Maybe um, there's a lot of stuff that happens in this episode, so I don't know how much of it I'm going to be able yeah. to get through. So I kind of have to pick and choose what's important for me to say. It is a pretty stuffed but episode. I still got to slip some jokey jokes in there. So, but let's get stuffed, each of us, as we find out. Did Stephen watch the episode this Did week? Did Stephen watch the episode this week? My friend, you have twenty seconds on the clock. You know the drill. Are you ready? <sighs> I think so. Three, two, one, go. Okay, bye-bye, Subway. Get out of here. Peace and Shirley are fighting for control of the business. They want to sign. They want to own it. Leonard's got a crooked wang. Um, Jeff has to pass the biology test. Um, evil Abed is therapized by Britta because she wants them to be better. Troy's in AC repair school, and then the dean of AC repair school dies. Um, and then there's a fake trial to see who gets the cookie company. I mean, the, the baking sandwich cop. And then um, Troy fixes it. Oh, that was bad, man. <laughs> the cookie company sandwich cop? <laughs> sandwich cop. <laughs> <laughs> I kept thinking of cookies, man. Oh man. Oof. That's funny. Not ending on a high score, but let's see. Yeah, that was surely fun, but it was <laughs> not a great uh representation of the episode. That one's gonna get a C. 
Let's move on right away to something about the episode that we would give more than a C, our favorite funniest moments. I wrote down two things, and they've actually both already been mentioned by people. Okay, you say yours first then, okay. and then I will not mention them when I go through mine. Well, my first one was Evil Abed, who shows up to the courtroom trying to cut off Jeff's mm-hmm. arm, and the way uh, Danny plays off the length of cord and, and how no one in the courtroom really pays any attention to him was really funny how that was played off. And the other one is when the Dean bumps himself. He's like, right mm. on a fresh tattoo. Yeah, the, Super the blind funny. justice, so funny. Um, I had a couple other ones. Um, the, jeez, Dennis, are you on Coke? When he was, like, announcing the uh, AC thing. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> um, that whole scene was pretty funny. That was pretty uh, funny. I also, for some reason, the second time I watched it, really laughed at when pierce is like in the library behind mm-hmm. those really weird cutouts of books and it's like ah i knew that you were trying to get it and i never like watched like close enough is it really <laughs> obvious that he's standing there before i he's always forget there? until he yeah. jumps out so i don't know maybe it was a good disguise <laughs> <laughs> um that's and then so silly i also appreciated the uh, dance moms joke okay Alberta, just because i watched a lot of dance moms because you watch trash like that all the time mm-hmm that was funny too. But overall, I thought this episode did have some funny stuff in it. It had some not funny stuff, but it was funny overall. <laughs> Steven's review of the episode it had some funny stuff, it had some not funny stuff, but it was funny. And that's your show. Let's Thanks, guys. Dive right into what we thought about it. This episode is the season finale of a season that feels like it's already had a couple season finales, and it's possibly the series finale for the show at this time uh when they made this episode i think they thought there was a very solid chance that they would not be coming back for a season four and mm-hmm. i think the network even said hey could you make this one a series finale if you need it to be it had a lot to do and i think it pulled it off pretty well but i do feel like they got way too bogged down in all the details for it mm-hmm. to be a successful send-off either for the season or for the series uh, it, it felt like all of the, all of the writing was there, but a little bit of the heart was missing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure. What did you think? I, it's impressive that they were able to fit three, like distinct plot lines yes. into one episode, especially with them having very little crossover. I mean, yeah, Abed goes to the courtroom to like, but that's a very short part of that that's whole good point. thing. Yeah. Um, it's almost like there's two A plots and a B plot yeah. in this one. And that's, that's tough to pull off it. Um, I think they do a pretty good job of it. And then to make the last couple minutes into this could be the end of this series. Exactly. Um, I think that they did an overall good job. I don't think it's the best episode or, like, the tightest, you know, done episode of the whole show. But I think for what they felt that they needed to do in 21 and a half minutes, they did a good job of it. I certainly liked this better than last week's episode, which felt like it also could have been a a season finale for season three. I thought Mm -hmm. this episode did a better job of closing up some things and and still opening up some things, even if they thought maybe this would be the last episode. And let's talk about that for a second before we dive into the episode in a whole. If this was the series finale of Community, how would that feel? bad right bad i am a big not fan of ending shows when you don't know if you're gonna get a next season 
and this happens in anime sometimes, very famously pretty recently in and a very bad way. And you can't really way. hate it on the show because a lot of times they don't know. No, but I here's what I was going to say. I don't like when they're like, okay, this is the last episode, so here's a bunch of still frames or flash forwards of stuff that we wanted to do in the show but didn't do. Yeah. And I don't think that's what they did here, but that can happen sometimes. I think if if this were the last episode, I would not have thought of it as such a great finale. But they also probably weren't told, hey – this is going to be the finale until right before they were going to make the episode. So I'm sure it wasn't like they planned this episode to be exactly this way from day one. Well, let me say, you know, people have a lot of problems with season four and a lot of people have problems with seasons five and six. Mm -hmm. And even though this is the end of like the golden quote unquote era of community, I feel like not just would the finale be looked at less well, I feel like the series would kind of be looked at totally. a little bit lesser than if this had been how the show ended because it's at the end of this kind of, for me, rocky season that mm-hmm. never really felt like it knew exactly what it was doing or like it was really grounded in much uh, on the inside of all the silliness. I think it, we would have talked about Community as that show that had like a pretty good season and yeah. then like great episode like a, a show that like oh man what could have been i think se- having the next three seasons are what make this such a full show a show that's worth delving into the way that we're delving into it uh, i think this being a series finale for the show would have been uh, a huge mistake i agree i think it would have really soured the whole image of the show i mean not not like to the point where, like oh it's a bad show but it would definitely not be regarded as highly as it is for being called introduction to finality even considering the couple of things that are in the end of the episode there isn't a lot of finality to it at all other than maybe just the idea that jeff is kind of giving up his past life to embrace what he has kind of become over his time at greendale Mm -hmm. uh but the episode has so many story elements that it's going through that's not really tied in wrapping the show up. It's tied in wrapping this season up. Yeah. Uh, that it doesn't really feel like a series finale. And then in the end, they start playing like the theme song music and you're supposed to feel emotional, but it still just kind of feels like, uh, I don't know, totally. like, a, like a rush. But I, I did like a lot of things about this episode. So why don't we just dive into it and talk about yeah. it? The last time we had seen the study group, I had to actually think about it for a second, was they got... I don't know, it, like, Greendale has so quickly gone back to the status quo. Totally normal, yeah. After the whole Chang thing. I'm a little confused. It looks like some time has passed, and it's the end of the summer now? It's the end of... Because they had to retake biology, and Jeff says in the beginning, we've been retaking uh... biology all summer. Does this yeah. mean we're about to, like, the beginning of the next school year? Yeah, I think so. I think that might have some stuff to do with what makes this feel like a weird season finale, too, mm-hmm. is because community has such ingrained, like, the season is a year of school. Exactly. So the the season finale, even when it's not been great season finales like the first season, it has that sense of finality because it's like, we'll see you next year. We'll miss you. And that's kind of missing from this episode. Maybe that's part of why it feels off. The Dean's great in this episode. It's great to have him back in the regular capacity. It is great, and they mentioned in the commentary that this scene in the beginning when he's in the construction outfit, that Jim Rash the same day had a f***ing Oscar lunch that he had to go to because huh? he was up for an Oscar, 
or had That's won an crazy. Oscar at this point. And they said that he was so sincere and like earnest about that's why he had to cut out a little early that he wasn't just like, oh yeah, I've got an Oscar lunch. That he's yeah. like, could we maybe just get my stuff done really fast? I've kind of got this thing that I've got to go to. That's I outrageous. That's, really that's great. Yeah. And also the fact that he's going to try to like lobby for his movie and <laughs> a couple hours before he's dressed up like a village person. <laughs> The episode starts with the study group uh, getting close to a final biology test and also the dean saying that Subway has left Greendale and it leaves an empty place in the cafeteria for uh, uh, for Shirley to open her sandwich shop, which kind of starts off the stuff that's going on in this episode. Also, I see the other store that's yeah, in the cafeteria. And such? Pencils and such. Pencils and such. And I think that's always been there. I just yeah. haven't paid it that much attention. Shirley Sandwiches is slated to open, which is great for Shirley, but it kind of brings up a really easy conflict between Pierce and Shirley, but one that I think works in this episode. Uh, honestly, it might be my favorite plotline of the episode, even though I like the silly stuff in Troy's plotline. Uh, I, I think it just makes sense that Pierce would be so willing to help Shirley to get his name on something and they just want to take complete credit for it as soon as it's actually happening. Yeah, here's my one issue, yeah. and I only, like, notice every time this part comes up now after seeing it a few times. Yeah. Even if it's just one line, they could still both sign the paper so that their names were legally on it. It's not... And I mean, this that isn't, is like, for control true. of the company. This there is just signing the There are a couple the, the of things about this like... episode. Obviously, we'll get to why is Jeff being a lawyer against a real lawyer why is a real lawyer there for the mock trial <laughs> for in greendale court yeah you know there's a, a few things about this episode we kind of just got to go sure. with it it is what it is we do what but we can you can't let the the, the molehill become a mountain because we don't mm -hmm. have the alpine costume for it hey yo uh, let's do a little uh chevy watch i thought this was a decent pierce episode yeah chevy was uh was active, he was alert. He was racist. Maybe, do you think that, when did they find out that Dan was not going to be there anymore? We've talked about that. It was definitely after the filming of this episode. Okay, that's what uh, I thought. Of these episodes. Cause maybe, maybe he had an inkling and he was so excited that he... I think maybe it happened like shortly before they went back to work for the next season. Ooh. I don't exactly know how the timeline worked out. Because I don't think they would fire him while you're wrapping production on what he's been the head of. I think it would be... You would hope. I don't know. I It had a lot to... There was a really infamous incident where Dan on his podcast played off of his phone a voicemail where Chevy was like cursing him out and mm -hmm. calling him an asshole and saying a bunch of mean things to him. And, and Dan played it to kind of like make fun of him. And yeah. it was funny. But then it made... Chevy want to leave the show, and it ended up leading to Harmon getting fired, so Chevy wouldn't. Really? Is but that why he, they fired him? I think it was a one-of-them-needed-to-go type situation. And they picked to keep Chevy Chase? Well, to the network, this show's never been as successful as they wanted it to be, and at the time, he was the most recognizable cast member. But I it guess, was a yeah. really bad trade because he's already so checked out from the series at this point and that is something yeah. that does not go away in season four he's even more checked out in season four mm -hmm. there's several episodes where the only pierce we see is his stand-in wow uh so i don't know it's a bad trade all around 
I don't know. How did we get to that? <laughs> Jeff's really focused for the first time in a while at the beginning of this episode that he really needs to pass this test because after this, he can finally get... Is that what it is? Like, just after this, he can finally get his law degree back? I don't think he's Or is it just yet, that he's he? got a renewed focus on it? Maybe. What do you think of Jeff's uh, arc in this episode? I don't mind Jeff in this episode. I think he's actually trying to be focused on school, which is probably good because he does want to get out of there at some point. As much as he loves them and loves, you know, his friends. Yeah. I think he's well aware that he needs, you know, especially now that he just got back at Greendale, I'm sure he, like, for a second had a thought to himself where he was like, I need to finish school so I can yeah. get my degree and actually go back to work at some point. I Which can't he, keep This is a TV this. show, so now we see them as a family and not as classmates. You're like, how yeah. could you do that? But, of course, like, yeah. they all should be doing that at, at some <laughs> extent. Yeah. And I thought his involvement in the case as we go on further down is earnest and, like, honest of Jeff. And Yeah, I liked Jeff throughout this episode. It happens to involve someone that he has bad blood with, and he can use that to his advantage. Really isn't because of something that he manipulated, you know? It's, it's, a, it's a good episode for Jeff. And I think it's easier to like Jeff when he's paired directly against Rob Corddry playing someone who we're not supposed to like. Yeah. Now we're going to cut into Abed section of this episode. Britta had just briefly mentioned that she's going to be doing some therapy for Abed. He's really having a hard time with Troy being gone. And this episode goes deeper and a little more non-linear with the darkest timeline of it all, uh, where uh, evil Abed manifests and, and kind of claims that he's going to take over the the new timeline. And the, the show still does decent enough work in this episode with this all being manifestations of what Abed's going through. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure in season four, it's just real. I think it's just real in season four. And here it's just Abed. Mm -hmm. And so it works for me here, but just because I know we're so close to that, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm cringing ahead of time. It makes me dread every time I see evil Abed because that means that we're getting closer to having to see evil Jeff and Annie all the time. Like, yes. not all the time, but like, and that's too often. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks because Danny does maybe other, I don't know. He does some of his best work of the season in this episode. It's true. He was great. I think that there were a few really strong performances in this episode and his was definitely one of them. He, I think better than ever. Yeah, I think I'm because it's hard to say because of virtual systems analysis earlier this season was mm -hmm. such a standout episode. But I think better than ever, we see the difference between Abed and this evil Abed that's manifested. Yeah. I feel like his body language and just his energy when he's playing the two different characters is really, really strong in this mm -hmm. episode. Evil Abed just appears. He's going to cause some trouble. And then we get our last theme song sequence of the season. Wow. Wow. I can't believe we've made it to the end of a season so fast. Isn't that crazy, Zach? It is pretty crazy. So crazy. And just imagine how fast season four is going to go, and then five, and then six. They're each only 13 episodes. You know, we'll be back to selling our body on the street to get a couple Podbean listens before we know it. Ah, <laughs> oh, the good old days, Zach. After the theme song, we get Troy in a AC repair class, and the AC repair plotline and the the history of the AC repair school at Greendale is one of the things of this season that, based on the other things I haven't liked because they've been too broad and cartoony, you would think that this would be one of them, but I really enjoyed just about all of it. 
I did too, and I don't remember liking it as much as I do now when I watched it before, but I really enjoyed it. And I don't think it's just because I love Troy, because honestly, I don't know. What's so funny about it is more the world that they've built up and yeah. how far, especially in this episode, that it goes. Mm-hmm. They're having a class, and it's a very, I don't know, there's always kind of uh, allusions to goodwill hunting whenever they do these scenes with Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not exactly what this is, but but Troy is finally in the place where he can belong and be appreciated yeah. for his talents, but it, it bores him because it's not challenging him, and he misses his friends, and mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a funny little scene around this. Donald does really good work in this episode, too. Feistine Laborn shows up to call Troy to his office, or to a different area to talk about some things, and I thought it was pretty noticeable that all of the shots of John Goodman were, like, inserted yeah, I think that he had very few, they, if any, scenes that he was actually with anyone else. It's the scene we're about to see with Troy. Is like, yeah, that's like the only one. And that's pretty much it. Well, he's a very busy man. Yeah, it's They're true. lucky that they got him at all. I, but now I wonder if they had gotten someone else to play this part, if uh, it would have played a different role in the season. Because I wonder, we talked because about this. John Goodman is so You can only do so, so much great. with John Goodman. Yeah. He's so busy. I kind of like how much or how little he's used, though. As much as I'd love to see more John Goodman. A really I shadowy think, figure. Exactly. If he was in it all the time, as often as, like, the Dean or something, he loses what makes him so appealing, I think, which is the the mystery, the the sense of overwhelming power, the amount At of people At this community under him. college. Yeah, as the vice dean. What's interesting, of all the things that season four decided to go full stop with i don't think we get any more mention of the ac repair school after this episode i not that i can think of maybe in little references i'm sure they'll probably mention it in the season premiere like to write off Mm -hmm. troy being there but i think this is as far as they go with it and i think they could have gotten a little more out of it yeah john goodman as Laborn takes Troy through this kind of relic room with a bunch of things that represent the history of, of AC, including the Sun Chamber, which we'll get to in a really, what I think is probably one of the more inspired sequences of the episode. We'll mm-hmm. get into that a little bit later. But here, uh, John Goodman has this monologue explaining the idea of the one true repairman that was prophesied, prophesied? Prophesized? Prophesized. That was prophesied. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, long ago as as this this hero that would repair man and be the true repairman. And John Goodman's character always thought it was going to be him, but it's become clear that it's now Troy. Uh, basically, they're setting up this kind of Jesus allegory. They'll bring it up more he's directly later that he he's like, yeah, I'm kind of their messiah now. <laughs> he's the chosen one. And I'm just noticing now that uh, the I don't know the other character's name. The character I was that, trying to look at his name tag and get it for one of my questions. Couldn't. The character that takes over the AC repair school shortly shows up as Troy is being explained his destiny to tell Weistein Laborn that he's needed, uh, and it's the incident that will end up getting him killed. Mm-hmm. John Goodman's delivery is stellar, is flawless. So on the good. true repairman will repair man. <laughs> so good. Then we get back to Abed and evil Abed. Abed is reading the novelization of Chronicles of Riddick and is trying to ignore his, really, I guess, is trying to ignore his mental health and the trouble that he's having with Troy being gone and having to fend for himself and what he's seeing is evil Abed. 
I think what does it a disservice is because it's only a third or a little bit less than a third of the episode, they can't quite put all of the character work and thought that they did into the entirety of Virtual Systems Analysis. Yeah. Uh, it kind of feels like this episode is like doing a couple of things that they've done before again. And it wraps up that story in a good way, but it's a little bit less uh, captivating because it's not the first time you're seeing it. Yeah, earlier when I said this episode had two A plots and a B plot, I think this feels like the B plot. Sure. Just because they didn't get to spend as much time here as everywhere else. And this is something that, with how well Danny's portraying this and performing it, it probably deserved a little bit more time and attention to really dive in a Well, that's deeper. what's interesting because they kind of did it already, mm-hmm. even to the point where Britta much plays the part in this episode that Annie played in the yeah. last episode where they did this. I feel like, and this is, I'm not going to try to rewrite it because I don't have a better idea, but I think they could have played around with what Abed was going through after Troy left temporarily. Yeah, they could have done a paintball. <laughs> Uh, they could have claymated something. But I don't know. I feel like they could have went a different direction with this, even if it was done really well and was maybe mm-hmm. one of the better shot and better acted sequences of the episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. It feels just like we've seen it a little bit before. Meanwhile, Shirley shows up to Jeff, who's trying to study, and he, uh, she's asking him to to help in, in her issue with Pierce. And Jeff's the perfect person to ask, and he's a little off-put at helping at first because he actually is trying to study. It's so weird to see him be like that, but I kind of like that turn of the character. That he I do, is too. trying to pass his classes. Now, I feel like, though, maybe everyone else is not quite as stressed because they already took this class. <laughs> Meanwhile, as soon as Pierce shows up, we got to do a double take on that. As soon as Pierce shows up in the conversation, he Pierce reveals that he's been hiding behind a replica of bookshelves so he can appear. What was the point? He could have just hidden behind the shelves. Well, because he wanted to be able to pop out. Yeah, you're right. No, the shot happens almost instantly. It cuts to him like as soon as he starts moving to do yeah. it. Uh, it's so ridiculous. That's pretty cartoony, and it's just this one little joke that, as soon as it's done, is just dropped. It was just a joke for a joke. It was very, like, Wiley E. Coyote. Yeah, I love Pierce's, uh, Chevy's acting here, because he's literally acting like a toddler. He's like, you signed that paper, I'll sue! (laughs) But he's so animated. But he's actually a grown man with money who will sue. He will, in fact, sue. And again, like we mentioned, how the Greendale Court makes no sense. The dean just says, we'll handle it in Greendale Court at 3 p.m., which can't mean anything. It's very clearly shown later as being a, a mock court. <laughs> but but Pierce is going to call his real lawyer and bring them to Greendale Court. And the dean's just excited, and I get to dress <laughs> like a judge. So Jeff really has no choice but to get involved. And he is really going to be like... He has his final at 5 o'clock, and he'll he'll help win a court case, but he only has like an hour to do it. <laughs> That's a good friend. That's a big commitment. It is. British shows up to therapize Abed and shows up to Abed, who has the darkest timeline, goatee on in the dreamatorium, and shows up to have a conversation with him, to therapize him. It's very clear instantly that Britta, who I'm sure could go on to be a very successful therapist, is not prepared to deal with a patient like Abed. Yeah, she just doesn't have the training or the experience yet. He's kind of an advanced case. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Troy is... Given the information that Vice Dean Laybourne has ingested a lethal dose of Freon 
and has died. You know, Zach, sometimes you you go to somebody's air conditioning unit in their backyard and you try and huff a little Freon, you know, have a little fun time with yourself. You bring a sock to keep everything safe. Keep it and all sometimes clean. you overdo it, you know, and, and this is a real thing. So don't don't suck Freon without a sock. Thank you. A thick one. The more you know. Mm-hmm. This kind of sets down the chain event. It's another trope that community does quite well of Troy, who wasn't really taking all of this seriously. Now that he sees what's happening to it from the inside, he knows that he really has no choice but to get a little bit more involved. I like the priest that's just there for not really any reason you know he was there to just bless the body yeah but then also i'm pretty sure he's there for the rest of the episode like in the sun chamber and stuff he's around yeah well you like what that the literal like vice dean of the entire college dies and it's not news away from nobody talks about fair school they're like hold on we got to figure out this lawsuit see who signs this piece of paper Jeff is getting ready for the court when he is revealed that the person he's up against, the person that's defending Pierce, is Alan, his previous co-worker, the person who got Jeff disbarred and sent him to Greendale in the first place. Look, Rob Codry is one of those Cordry is one of those comedic performers that's so good at playing a character mm-hmm. that's so unlikable. Yeah. And because of that, I don't know, I don't like seeing Alan. I don't like that he's back. That's I'm, I I do like that he's back. Rob Cordery does it really well. But it's another one of the things in this episode that kind of feels like something that we've seen before. I don't yeah. know that we literally needed that physical of a reminder for Jeff to be able to move on from his past life. Uh, I don't know. Well, especially because the lawyer episode is not my favorite um, anyway. I like but that one Rob as far Cordery as it being... Do- like a real world, real life stake mm-hmm. storyline. And it's got Annie chloroforming someone three times. Yeah, I like that part of it, but I don't like Jeff in that episode. And that means it falls a little short for me. Sure. So Shirley's concerned that this is going to be a, a conflict of interest for the two of them since they have this history. But Jeff has been dreaming for the day where he might get to get some type of revenge back on Alan. So it's good to see that at least here. I like the way that he's talking about stabbing him and then then gets interrupted by the tango, Sundance. Yeah. And he learns that Alan and his firm are kind of uh, milking, and it's very (laughs) grotesquely explained to us with a a physical miming of milking. Mm -hmm. They're just milking Pierce for all his money. They're hoping that he always has something to sue over so they can always get a little more money out of him. Yeah. Which is totally the type of thing Jeff would have been into uh, three years ago. Oh, yeah. But things have changed. He's a new man. Scout's honor, Sinead O'Connor. I really like the moment when <laughs> Leonard introduces the dean and the dean shows up uh, with his, his wig on, but no no uh, cloak. What do you, a garb, robe. no robe. <laughs> no robe left in the way that he's like the honorable <laughs> Dean Pelton resides and he's like ah ha 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 as Eli oh, yeah, is laughing oh, as he yeah, walks yeah. on stage. Really funny. What do you think he actually went with though? They don't show us. Do you think he went judging Amy or judge Judy? Um, I'll look at the robe. I know the judging Amy I think has the zipper down the front and the judge Judy does not have a zipper down the front so we'll see. Okay. Cut back to Britta doing her absolute best against Ovid who is really going through something in the dreamatorium. And Abed, 
I I don't know how to really interpret this from. I don't know. I don't know how to interpret Abed being so mean to Britta here. Yeah. As Abed is Abed going through some stuff, not a, a darkest timeline Abed. You know what I mean? Do, do you have yeah, any thoughts? Yeah, exactly. On that? I don't know. It's kind of tough, like you said, because like I don't like when he's just mean to Britta because he's like really hard on her here. And it's almost like he's trying to prove that you've got to take him seriously. Yeah. And he gets frustrated when people don't, so he goes too deep. I mean... Well, I but just... he's definitely not saying these things to her the way Abed would. He's yes. saying it how evil Abed would. And I think that softens it a little bit in a good way just because it's not like Abed's being mean to Britta. He's, but he's being I, a different character. I but reality this, is still him. Yeah, I think for this storyline to work for me, I have to look at it from that perspective. Yeah. Or else all of a sudden this show is like a sci-fi show and I just don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's hard to see. Like, Danny acts it really well and Gillian acts against him really well in this episode. Yeah. The part when... Uh, uh, Abed is like, I'm running this now. Tell me about your parents. And Britta's, um, uh, uh, no. no. <laughs> it was a really funny moment. Okay, so Troy uh, walks back into, I don't know the character's name, but the guy who's taking over the AC repair school now. I like the line, Troy, you should be in the chapel right now. We lost yeah. a great man. Does that mean that <laughs> Greendale has a chapel or the AC repair annex has a chapel? I think the AC chapel? repair annex has a chapel. And everything is in-house there. They're keeping everything there. Troy is kind of putting together that something fishy is going on, that there's more to it, that maybe this was ill intent. Does this remind you of anything in particular? I feel like it's a reference to something that I don't get. Um, It's not from Goodwill Hunting. I know, I know. But they, I just remember the very first time they ever showed Troy was good at plumbing. It was kind of a Goodwill Hunting reference. Yeah, I think... When he would I just mean, like walk I, they along do stuff and fix like something that nobody else could in in movies, but I don't know if it's referencing one in particular. Nothing's jumping out at me. Yeah, and also <laughs> this is not s- right at all. But it almost has certain vibes from the end of uh, 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 Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory when he's like at his desk and he's like, "You've lost. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Fair enough." I it's see raining really hard me. out there, so I. I apologize oh. if anybody hears raining and storming. Trip, drop, trip, it was a trip, dark drop, and dreary trip, night. Trip, trip, trip. Yeah, you don't need to do that because there literally is rain going trip, on. Trip, drop, trip, drop, trip, 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 so That's Troy gets uh, asked to leave the AC repair school. At this moment, does that mean he's being kicked out of it? Or does that mean that he um, is uh, being released from being so... I think to it. he's being released in the sense that he doesn't have to stay there anymore and he's being encouraged to leave. But also, I could see if that guy like became the new head of the AC repair school, but not the vice dean of the whole f-ing community college. <laughs> yeah. He is truly his qualifications are AC repairman, even if he's a darn good one. It doesn't seem like the other dean <laughs> did anything else but that though. No, it's fair. But he had to get that power somehow in that respect. We go back to the courtroom and Annie is 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 taking the witness stand. Um, what'd you think about the whole uh, yeah. Denzel? I'd sell my baby to bump yeah, it with Denzel. Yeah, Alan is using a picture of Shirley's baby and an anecdote that she made about selling her baby on Craigslist. 
I don't know. It's it's very classic shitty lawyer just looking for anything yeah. to paint the the person we're talking about as a bad person when it has nothing to do with the case. Would you uh, sell either of your cats to bump it with Denzel? No, I love my cats way too much. I have great respect for Denzel, and sure, I could see how bumping it with the man mm-hmm. could do a lot for me, both yeah, both physically. And emotionally, and uh, like career wise. Think about your career, Zach. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. That. Think about the show. This isn't just for you. Yeah. This for the podcast. I don't think I could sell one of my cats, but I'd break one of their legs off. Sure. Okay. What if you could like combine enough parts from them to make one cat, <laughs> but then you still have yeah like two half cats left. Yeah, and and but yeah. they're fine. Triples is best. <laughs> anyway. I saw a, a tweet, and it was talking about getting the vaccine booster, which if you're mm-hmm. eligible to get your booster shot for the vaccine, go do that. Yes. Um, but it was like, triples is best. Triples is safe. <laughs> I saw that, too. That is funny. Triples <laughs> is best. And if you're lying about the triples, you're lying about all the other stuff. So It's true. It has to be true. It has to be true. The courtroom sequence of this episode, even though it's a well-orchestrated courtroom sequence, it feels like it's taking away time from things that are a little more important in the season finale slash series finale of Community. I I agree. I think Shirley Sandwich's becoming part of Greendale would be a great piece to whether this is mm -hmm. a season or series finale. I don't think it needed to dominate so much of the episode. No, I think that... that you're right. This seems like something that, in unless it was going to have its own episode, which I do not consider this its own episode because it's sharing the duty with two other yeah meaty plot lines, you know, to some degree. Uh, I I think that maybe I would I would be interested to see what an episode would look like where the time spent on this were spent on the Abed and Britta slash dark timeline one and even the troy stuff if it had a little yeah bit more i wish too. the troy had a little more too and this were maybe treated as more of a b plot but i think they have rob cordry there so they want to use him i think it's literally just because they know they're doing something with this season finale that shows jeff firmly deciding his greendale life versus his mm-hmm. lawyer life uh, and i feel like they just needed something to physically show that they they just really were were stuck to that and once they yeah right add Rob Cordry to the storyline and becomes a whole thing I don't know yeah it's interesting I and again like we always say I don't think this episode is bad by any mm-hmm. means if anything I think it's a good episode yeah but I it's I not think really the episode's fault that it's uh, got so much that it's got to do and yeah. that it loses a little bit of the heart in the process because it's just got so much it's got to do they have like an episode and a half two episodes worth of potential storyline in these three that they're using here it's just hard to cram it all into one and have it not feel like something is either shorted or getting a little too much attention and i think a big part of that was i don't think we needed to spend a whole episode on the chang thing no i don't know i i the only thing that i do like about the chang thing is chang's not even back a mention in this episode no which would be weird considering he took over and overthrew the whole school caused a bunch of people to like not enroll yeah there's no like what's gonna happen to chang next season and there's no like what's gonna happen if this is the end we see Mm -hmm. him an event at the very end of the episode yeah it's clearly that 
they didn't know what they were going to do to clean up what they did, <laughs> which, so why did they do it? Yeah. Meanwhile, Britta and Abed are still uh, going through therapy, and really, Abed is getting, Britta is starting to hurt her feelings and, and get deeper into her psyche, and it's not going so well. This is the part where that's really mean. We were talking before yeah. he was being mean. This is when it goes from kind of being jokey mean to actually tearing her down with his words. And Abed is a person that's so good with words that it, it, I'm sure it cuts really deep. And mm-hmm. uh, Britta doesn't deserve this. He leaves to make this timeline the darkest and leaves uh, Britta to think about what just happened. You know, and here's another problem. After this point of the episode, all of the evil Abed Abed stuff is still present in the episode, but becomes a lot lighter yeah. and a lot sillier. And there's no, I don't know. I think I don't. I think they should have either kept going darker with it, or they shouldn't have gone as dark with it as they did. I, yeah, I, I think it's it switches to funny right away, and it is funny. Mm-hmm. Like I love the the montage we'll get in a little while of him walking through the hallway, like smoking doing a cigarette. Stuff. Popping an unexplained child that's there (laughs) with the balloons balloon. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Troy, he just knows that something is off and that he's got to do something. I like how he walks past a portrait of Weistein Leiborn that literally just has a black sash over it to (laughs) signify that he's died in the last hour. And I think this is a point where he is... I don't know. He kind of just wants to get out of it entirely, but I think he also knows a, a little bit more than what he'd like to about mm-hmm. what's going on, that he can't just run away entirely. Yeah, I think he feels like he's he's got to do it. You know, he's got this gift. He And Troy is a good guy. I think especially in season two, Troy grew into a leader and, and a hero. Three. He's been great in season yeah. three as well. And I and I think that he is like, you know what? I'm going to step up and I'm going to do this because I'm, I can. And I'm confident enough to do this on my own. Honestly, Troy, from beginning of series to end of his arc on the series, does have a really great, like, hero's journey of yeah. how he starts off kind of the fool and he grows and learns and and stumbles and ends up going off on this grand adventure, like, as, as a hero that they've been building him up as. It's pretty yeah. cool. I'm excited to get into season five. I am too. I really like season five. But meanwhile, we're in the court. I like how Jeff mentions for a second, he didn't know that Pierce actually paid for everything. And <laughs> if this was an actual court case, I think that would be your case. Yeah, that would be done for. And Jeff is like, what? You really you really paid for everything? I was kind of hoping, ah, I didn't come prepared. It's pretty funny. Here's what I'll say is also a little bit interesting about this court case. Uh-huh. Jeff and uh, uh, Aaron, Adam, Austin. You're making me feel weird Aaron? and not know it. No, it's not Aaron. It's not Aaron. Al- Alan. It's Alan. Alan. They're both trying to win over the people that are in the crowd. But it doesn't but seem there's like no there's a jury. jury. It's made very no, clear it's just that the dean. the dean makes the decision. And I feel like maybe they could have... Jeff could have definitely to the, played yeah. to the dean. And, he and Alan could have played off of that. And that I would feel be like, funny. Yeah. We I, I think that was a missed opportunity. Now we'll rewrite Community. We'll rewrite it. Now Now we've got the, the plot lines to fill it in. Yeah. More Abed, less this yeah. plot line. Yeah, perfect. A couple paintballs fly in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Throw in a Pulp Fiction. There we go. But Jeff, very quickly, even though he's playing to the crowd, he shows that 
sure, uh, Pierce paid for everything, but he's also the worst person that's ever existed. Yeah. <laughs> Just has to say, does anyone know any jokes for Pierce to go right into an awful, deeply offensive to people of multiple group joke tirade yeah. that gets everyone real upset? And then, yeah, Abed walks through the the school as evil Abed and, yeah, like, hangs up on someone's payphone call pops a kid's balloon with a cigarette i love that there's just a kid there with a the balloon hilarious ashes a cigarette in someone's coffee i am surprised that that wasn't a trivia question what abed did on that little montage that would have been i like this moment too we cut to the new vice dean being crowned in the ac repair annex and i like this bit when they're like uh we dedicate this to you in the name of the five winds North, West, and after each one, people, it's like North, and everyone echoes North, <laughs> West, West, and he's like, the one that we keep secret, and everyone else is like, uh, <laughs> and, and <laughs> South, South. So funny. I just thought it was a really funny bit. The crown's made out of, like, springs, and, and <laughs> I think that's pretty cool, too. But Troy shows up to save the day. The ceremony's a lie. Uh, the throne room is a waste of floor space. <laughs> it's very Twin Peaks, the room that they're in. Yeah. I've never seen a Twin Peaks but, but I know that there's, that like, vibe. the red room and the checkered floor. Mm-hmm. And they say here that uh, Troy's no longer a student of the Annex, so I guess he, he did get kicked out of it. Yeah. But Troy shows up to I love how claim he says his destiny. Line. And, yeah, Troy, his line is beautiful. I'm the truest repairman. He says it <laughs> so well. <laughs> really walking into the, his, his true destiny. And he walks in to challenge the man who's taking the crown. In the sun chamber. <gasps> so silly, but I really like it. Mm-hmm. I like this kind of silly, for whatever reason, way better than the, the Chang one last week. Yeah, I agree. Back in the courtroom, they're taking a recess, giving the dean enough time to change his outfits and everyone to kind of plan what they're doing. What happens here with with Alan? He kind of threatens Jeff? Yeah, he tells them, he's like, listen, don't actually try. Throw this case. Otherwise, you don't have a job when I mm-hmm. get back. Which Jeff is kind of like blowing off. He's like, well, you're not the boss. The guy who likes me um, is the boss, you know, and so I'm good. And then uh, one joke about swimming with sharks later, we learn that guy's dead. And for some reason, Alan is now the head of the whole firm. He's the big boss in charge. Wild. So he, he, at least in Alan's eyes, he holds Jeff's career in his hands. He's like, no one else is going to hire you. You know, you were, you're a disgraced lawyer who lied about his credentials you know you gotta it's me or nothing and jeff immediately is the type of person who's like that and yeah you? and he he's learned that uh not only is he better than that now he uh was it was kind of sees that he was always better than that and he'd be stooping down to a level that's lower than him to go back to it and <laughs> jeff stews on that while the dean shows back up his blind justice and really whiffs it on on Leonard's stenographer's table and, and right on a fresh tattoo. The way that the teacher's like, oh, my God, oh. He really sold how much it hurt. <laughs> After the commercial, it's time for the sun chamber. This was a really great moment. The guy who's explaining the rules has this very performative and, like, it's very Simpsons-y to me. But, it is, yeah. But he he's very dramatic about the rules and then someone takes the microphone to from him and is like, this is serious. Are you on coke? And he's <laughs> like, of course there's rules. Here are the rules. Yeah, it was so funny. There are Everyone's looking any. at him so confused. <laughs> he's like, why are you wearing that? <laughs> 
So they are both put in an increasingly uh, rising temperature room, and they have to repair the AC before they pass out or worse. It's pretty serious shit. And the visual of this, the community people did a great job of building this in a way that makes sense. You see the unit they're working on. You have a constant countdown of what the temperature is or if it's going down in the room that they're in. I thought they did a really good job. I think so, too. They really increase the intensity. I love the shots of Troy just standing there watching him kind of panic and go through. Because Troy knows he can fix it in an instant. And I think he wants him to be scared. And I think he wants him to start freaking out because he knows that he's better and he knows that you know something's afoot yes something is afoot indeed also have a science fact for later because i did myth bust uh something Something that happened okay yeah you heard that that don't tune those dials kids (laughs) steven's got a science fact for later (laughs) i liked the line you mentioned do you like the dance mom's line but Britta mentions, I've been thinking about dyeing my hair because she's feeling darker, and that's what Darkest Timeline Britta yeah. does. She dyes a blue streak in her hair. It's great. Now good Abed is showing up to evil Abed uh, in, in visions and questioning what evil Abed is doing. But evil Abed is here in the courtroom with a bone saw to try to cut off Also, Jeff's just arm. so, because uh, I saw someone else called a bone saw too. That is not a bone saw. That is a, like, it's like It looks carver. like a can opener. <laughs> yeah, that's like for, like carving like turkey well abed like called meat. it a bone saw like he said can i find does anybody have a bone saw and well, then he, showed he said up with he thing. doesn't own a bone saw does he but of course he doesn't own a bone saw a bone saw is like a it's so funny watching him plug it in and then it's i'm not just... a doctor i don't know <laughs> it looks like a turkey carver to me yeah <laughs> the extension cord is just too short <laughs> And he can't cut off his arm. And Jeff, like, looks at him doing this. Everyone sees him <laughs> doing this with the goatee on. And it's just another normal thing to happen in Greenville. He, like, he like tries to tell Jeff to come over. He's like, hey, he's like, hey come here. Look, I got this, got this thing. Got this saw. <laughs> but nobody can even have the time to think about it. I think that's a pretty funny bit. Really funny. Shirley even mentions to Jeff that it would be okay if he kind of throws her under the bus to help out his own career. And that's one of the things that shows Jeff, like, really what side he needs to take because of the the people he's surrounded in. That's a super selfless act of Shirley. We haven't said enough about Shirley. Shirley gets a quietly pretty good episode in this one. I like Shirley in this episode. I wish that she had more lines throughout this whole thing. Always. I feel like she's should be pretty involved in this because she is the plaintiff. I get that it's the duel of the lawyers, but I feel like Shirley should have been on the stand at some point. I feel like I don't know why... Pierce and Annie were, but not Shirley. Yeah. We're getting to the point where Jeff needs to give his closing statements, and he gives one of the biggest winger speeches we've had in a long time. We'll get to that I like this winger speech quite a bit. I thought it was good. In the sun chamber, Troy still isn't even breaking down as it gets hotter and hotter, and the other guy is not not making it happen, and then Troy fixes his in like two seconds. Takes something out, turns something, doesn't even have to look, and then it's getting cool for him, and he's perfectly comfortable while the other guys fastly i hate that i don't know the character's name that it fastly approaches 100 degrees that's got to be miserable it it is what's the hottest temperature you can ever remember being in zach was it on an excursion to florida was it in a hot indiana summer one of those i feel like i've definitely been when it's a little over 100 but yeah like but not much more and only a couple of times like 102 or five or something at the tops what about you um, probably same. Yeah, I was in Arizona when it was like 105, 106, Ugh. I think. But it's like dry, dry heat. heat, so it doesn't feel the same. But, and it was pretty hot in, I have been in Vegas only in October, so it's not quite as yeah. hot there. Danny's from Mexico, where it's very, very, very hot. 
Yikes. Yeah. Like, don't go outside. I wilt in the sun. (laughs) I'm not good in the sun, so. Just wait. That science fact is coming up in just a couple of scenes. (laughs) Let's talk about Jeff's speech here. (laughs) Sure, it's a really well-performed speech by Joel, uh, but I think we're reaching a point in community that they definitely do in season four, and they keep doing after it, where the winger speech becomes less like what makes sense for the situation mm-hmm. Jeff is in, and is more <laughs> the writers being like, these are all of the things that we have to pull together through Jeff saying some magic words. Yeah. Like, all of the storylines are resolved with him Mm -hmm. speaking about this. And, yeah, it works. It's delivered well. But it is a little bit of a trick, and I'm on to them. Zach is hot on your heels, writers of Community. Why do you... What did you like about it? What struck you well? Uh, I think what I liked about it was that it was... Not so much Jeff giving a let's come together and do this because we're a team speech is what it usually is. It was more of a, you know what, people, some people are good people and that's worth caring about. And it's worth me like there are things that are more important than success and money and winning, losing. It's not about that. It's about being a good person. And I like that. I do like the way that moments in Jeff's speech coincide with Troy deciding mm-hmm. that he has to be the bigger person yeah. in his situation, and he can't let this other guy just burn to death. And he eventually fixes his competitor's AC for him so he doesn't die there. Meanwhile, Abed is being kind of talked down from the ledge by Jeff's speech. I thought that was a little bit of a cop-out. Abed deserved a better conclusion to his story. It's true. I agree. I like the moment when Jeff is explaining what Alan's doing to Pierce and Alan doesn't even like play it down. He's just like, yep, (laughs) I was doing that. Yeah. He's like, no, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's nice that Shirley gets a moment to be Mm -hmm. called out for the good person she always is. And so, yeah, what? 145 degrees is not. Steven was just counting down the seconds for that. Science fact. So listen, science Science fact fact incoming, everyone. Steven, the science friend. All right, Steven, the science friend. Um, Steven, the science friend. Make That's sure what you, I said. You said Steven, the science friend. It doesn't rhyme. Okay, go ahead. You gotta have some buddy. rhythm to it. Yes, sir. Um, according to Google, <laughs> uh, most humans will suffer hypothermia after 10 minutes in extremely humid 140 degree heat. In this environment, our body temperature could be raised to 104 degrees or above, and we will experience heat stroke, trouble breathing, and organ failure. So He wasn't in it that long, though. No, that's what I'm saying, is it, it, it tracks. He could have oh. survived this if Troy I thought you're si- You said you myth-busted it. Well, I guess you I did. did. But it's... it's <laughs> this myth is... So confirmed. your fact was that the joke was right. Yeah, good job, community. <laughs> that is cool. I'm sure they did probably look up, well, how hot can we actually make it get? How hot start? is it? A new segment coming very soon in season four of <laughs> Can't Disappoint a Podcast. We try and guess what temperature the room they're filming is in. That's 72 or it's a dick, buddy. <laughs> I, I know it on this one. He's got three beads of sweat on his forehead. He's barely walking. That's a firm 74. That's buckle. a sweater. That's a sweater. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Sweat alert, sweat alert. That's a salty four. What did you think of the Force Ghost moment with (laughs) Leiborn? 
I thought it was it worked for me. It, it worked fun. for me too. It yeah, is pretty funny. I liked it. <laughs> Again, it looks like John Goodman doesn't know that he's in this show or that yeah. he was there. But it was one nice little moment where that helps Troy really make the right decision and do the right thing. And just as Jeff says, you can change the whole game with one move. Uh, bringing a little levity to this deeply ridiculous situation. I wish my AC worked so fast that the degrees just started dropping Oh my god, that'd be great. I bet if you lived in a house that small, maybe it would. Sure. I like the visual of Dreamatorium Grid Abed stepping back into evil Abed and them becoming one. And Pierce even gets a moment. Here, let's wrap up Chevy Watch, Chevy Watch, because even though this episode opened up as as a plot line that could fixate a little on pierce by the end of the episode he is an afterthought yeah when they're all walking through in the hallway there's no like what happens to pierce in the future flash forward well he was there with shirley okay sure he was there but you know what i mean there's no like pierce is so barely a character on the show anymore it's true which is why i'm surprised that when the execs were like oh we can keep dan or chevy they probably weren't watching the show. I don't know. Ah, fair enough. They're like, oh, yeah, that guy's great. But Pierce gets Have his you moment seen where he fires Family Alan. Christmas vacation time? <laughs> that sounds like, you know, did you ever go to a rummage sale and they'd have like really bootleg DVDs of movies? Oh, yeah. And they were always like Japanese bootleg of DVDs with broken <laughs> English. And I think there I did find a copy of. Christmas nice. family vacation time. That one's great. Chevrolet Chase stars in. <laughs> Shave Chasse. So the study group, everyone's feeling warm and fuzzy. Jeff won the situation, and he even gets to tell Alan to eat shit because Alan wants to one-up him and says, you know what, I'm the person who got you fired. And Jeff's like, we've known that since 20 episodes ago. It's true. And even though Pierce just got done telling a really racist and homophobic joke a little while ago, I love that even Pierce gets a moment when Alan says, this this place has made you so gay. It's like, don't use gay as a derogatory term. Good person. They said on the commentary that Chevy really had trouble saying booyah, good person. That he'd be like, (laughs) booyah, good person. Or like, booyah, good person. Like, that he would just keep saying it. He didn't know how to say booyah the right way. (laughs) And he kept his job. I really love the bit now when Troy gets to call out the AC repair school for being as bonkers as it is. Yeah. When they're like, take him to the eternal chamber of ice. And he's like, call the police. (laughs) He murdered someone. And everyone else kind of like has a look as if they'd never thought of it that way before. And he's probably right. And now we're wrapping up to the end of the episode, to the end of the season, and where the episode takes a slight turn towards end of the series. I suppose. They agree that Jeff should sign the uh, sandwich shop place and be their attorney. That feels kind of like a really quick, we can wrap up that real fast mm-hmm. and Jeff can still do some law stuff. Can he be their attorney if he, or is it just that he can kind of be their attorney if he's the one who everything's You can be represented name? by whoever you want. I guess that's true. You can represent yourself. Mm-hmm. Which when our lawsuit inevitably yeah. happens i will be uh representing myself and you well i figured that we would be against each other but we'd also represent each other <laughs> so that we couldn't like play favorites <laughs> so are you questioning yourself on the stand yeah like, bullshit, bullshit bullshit 
Well, really, because I know where you were. crying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything wraps up really fast is why I say we get towards the end of the series stuff. Uh, Abed apologizes to Britta. Uh, Britta kind of realizes that she has more to learn, but gives up on uh, uh, being a therapist, and Abed talks her out of that. And Abed finds a way to (laughs) say something nice to her about being a bad shrink, but it really is still kind of bad anyway. Yeah. They hug, and then Troy, mind if I cut in, and he shows up, like, he almost looks as if someone who's returning from war. No, it's a very, like, Top Gun, just got oh, out of sure. my fighter jet, you know, Independence Day. Not sure if Smith he's alive or not. Desert. Yeah. yeah. And Britta goes for that hug, but of course it's for Abed. <laughs> but I do like the moment, I, I, okay, so, so funny that <laughs> Troy's like, I told the air conditioner school to act like a regular school, because I'm their messiah, and they listen to me. It's great. Abed's <laughs> <laughs> like, cool, I went crazy, and I wanted to <laughs> cut off Jeff's arm. I missed you so much, buddy. Jeff's, like, surprise face, like, wait, what? I like the hug with him and Britta. That makes me happy. She says, so Jeff, are we still best friends? And Jeff just totally disregards it. <laughs> and then they kind of hallway law and order walk yeah. their way towards the the great place where critically acclaimed comedies that no one watches dies in the sky. <laughs> and the full version of the theme song plays. You know, I remembered really liking this episode, honestly, because mm-hmm. I remembered this moment where it did feel really final and like almost that I got a little emotional and now I'm just seeing how manipulative music like that can be because there isn't a lot of finality. Listen, the end of a a season of an anime when they play that opening, you start crying and you don't know why, Zach. I get it. We see flash forwards of what's going to be happening to the group in the near to distant future. Uh, City College is working on a new scheme. I forgot about the the city college sign, like their emblem. Hilarious. Yeah, there's a dick and balls. Yeah, and I guess they're implying that Chang has been exiled from uh, Greendale, so now he's at City College spying in their vents. Do you think that there's like a con- like a vent connecting the two schools that he crawled through to get there? I what if like Greendale is siphoning all of like the air and heat and electricity from City College, so there is like, <laughs> tubes that connect the two. That'd be hilarious. Oh, we get the reveal that Starburns is still alive. What do you think mm-hmm. of that? You don't really care, do you? I like Starburns. I like Starburns. I think they should have never killed him. And also, he's not in season four because Dino was yeah. with Dan and he left with Dan. So it was kind of for nothing. I mean, we see him yeah. in season five, but not until mm-hmm. season five. Jeff Googles his dad's name. I guess that's progress. <laughs> Good and luck, Jeff. the moment that really does resonate a little bit is Abed taking down the Dreamatorium to welcome Troy back into their home, but giving him his own space in their home. Which is really nice. Is super nice. And that it's not even like a conversation or an issue. It's just something that happens. And yeah. that, of course, Abed, who still lives in the pillow fort that he lo- loves so much, or blanket fort, gets to have his own little corner of the Dreamatorium that he can still mm-hmm. go to when he needs help coping with things. Which is great. It is a really nice little moment and the lights as the dreamatorium whirs into action fades the screen to white when we get that six seasons in a movie because we didn't know if we were getting more community at this point yeah so it was kind of just a rallying call for all the fans uh i think you know them airing all three episodes at the same time i'm sure we probably thought it wasn't getting renewed yeah i'm sure if i were watching this live at the time i'd be like oh 
this so this is done <laughs> and that's the end of the episode it's an interesting one to watch because you can't help but look at it from both the season finale and potential series finale perspective mm-hmm. uh it's an episode that had a lot on its plate and since it had so much and it stumbled a little bit it's not one that i'm gonna go back to a lot but it didn't really trip and fall too bad like it did a good job with all the stuff yeah. it wanted to do it just took on too much because it was a show that didn't know how much time it had left uh that being said what do you think now that we've made our way through it yeah i enjoyed it i think that it was a good episode and honestly, I like it better than the season one finale. And I... I don't know if I do, but I can see that. Well, I didn't like the season one finale. And I don't really either. I guess maybe, I don't I don't know. Dislike it's, this episode. I'd have to watch them both, I think. And then was the season two finale, was that paintball? It was the double paintball. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll talk about all that. No, was it? Next was week. double paintball the end of it? Of season two? Yeah, of course it was. I just full of paintballs and a few paintballs more. Yeah. Uh, season two. Oh, you know what? I was. We did the cape in between that, and there was a gap in my nose, and I was like, "What?" Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. I probably like the season two finale, especially if I'm thinking sure. it, and two points better than this. But I like this more than season one finale. And now we get the stud man himself. Well, I'd be curious. I want to hear from the people listening, however you want to get a hold of us. Tell us, what do you think of this is a season finale compared to all the other season finales? It's interesting because from this point forward, every season finale of Community is like a maybe series finale for Community. So I'd be interested to hear how people think those rank, like which ones are better of the maybe finales of of the worst ones. I think this is probably one of the better ones, honestly. (laughs) Because I yeah. don't like the season four finale, and I don't really like the season five finale. Mm-hmm. And then the season six finale is the series finale, and it's wonderful. Yeah. And Steven I love these it. different videos that Leonard has. I especially am partial to the try tips to keep your temp up in a frozen food aisle. Yeah, we it's get – and there's the one uh, – well, so we get a Leonard potato chip review. It, it's exactly how it sounds, but it's so wholesome because it's it's Leonard. You know, he has a little trouble getting the bag open. It's, it's yeah. good times. I liked that one of the other ones was a pizza review, and it says box too hard to open in, in the title. <laughs> as if that was like a dock against the, the frozen yeah. pizza. Yeah, it was a good one. I like the unexplained shirtless man, like young man who is Leonard's roommate that just walks <laughs> into frame. Dishes, Leonard. <laughs> super funny that's probably my favorite part of this intag so funny it's like i've already had some of these let's see yep that's a buy (laughs) salty not too greasy (laughs) and you know what that's what i'll say about season three of community as we wrap it to a close salty not too greasy yeah i think it's a buy buy. it's a definite buy buy. and with that the episode's over and with that the season's over steven we're done with season three of community i'm high as hell and you're about to get shot it's been quite a roller coaster. I don't really think I expected season three to have as many ups and downs. I thought it was going to be mostly ups. I did too, and I remembered it very fondly, but there were, I remembered a lot of the highs, but I didn't remember a lot of the not-so-high yeah. moments. You know, And I think that we can both probably agree definitively, without any question, if we couldn't before, that season two is... is Season two is the best. I think season one is probably a little stronger, even if season three maybe has a couple of the Mount Rushmore worthy episodes that season one doesn't. Season one is just really cohesive and solid and Mm -hmm. consistent is a great word. This season is all over the place. And I'm excited next week because we're going to take a pause before we 
uh, walk into the murky waters of community's last three seasons. And we're going to talk about season three as a whole next week on our season three roundtable. It's something we do every season, and it's something that I really look forward to doing every season, where we get to look back on the highs and lows of the season we just talked about, along with other community fans and podcasters that we like and appreciate to get their opinions on it. Uh, I know for a fact one of the people we're having next week, season three, is their favorite season of Community, and mm-hmm. they feel really strongly about that. So I'm looking forward to hearing that argument. Yeah, should be good. So tune to in next week. Shut them week. down and let them know they're wrong. Just and kidding. Just kidding. We're about to step firmly into the murky waters of season four of Community. Before we do, who's your final MVP of season three? Who takes the MVP in Introduction to Finality? This was a tough one, it is and a tough I, one. I wavered just a little bit, but I had to stick with my gut. I mean, yeah. give honorable mentions. Um, I think that the Dean has some really funny stuff in it. I sure. think Abed's great in this episode. I think Britta's great in this episode. I really like Jeff in this episode. But it comes down to me with who was the most valuable to the episode individually for me. That is what MVP means. And that's got to be Troy. I think that whole last sequence where he's in the sun chamber saw that coming shows from a mile so much. Away. I know. It shows how much growth he's had. It shows that he is an independent person. I think that even just how cool he is when he comes back to the group. Troy's my MVP for this episode. I think it was really, really close for me between him and Abed, though. Abed it's interesting. Was, was so close. Next week, we're going to tally up all the MVPs and see who gets it. And I thought it was such a mixed bag this season, but there's been a lot of Troys lately. Yeah. In interest of that, and really, I was thinking about this before. Troy was a thought, for sure. Troy and Abed both. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give my MVP to Jeff. Okay. I think he really plays it well this episode. I think... His character probably has the most, maybe not more than Troy, but the most cohesive and satisfying character arc in the episode. Mm -hmm. I think they do good stuff with him. I think his speech, even though I had a few issues with the way that they write those speeches, I think it does pull the episode together in a pretty satisfying way. And Joel delivers some good jokes and some good lines here. Isn't smarmy? I'm going to give it to Jeff. It's a buy. There we go. It's a buy for Jeff. And that's not quite the end of our Season 3 coverage, but that is the end of our coverage for Season 3, Episode 22, Introduction to Finality. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I enjoy doing this season. I enjoy every episode of it. Nope, oh, not so with you, much. buddy. Sorry. It. No, no. No, 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 no. We no, hope that you no, will no. all tune in next week as we talk about Season 3 as a whole with some special guests. We're going to have... Alex of Six Seasons in a Podcast, one of our absolute favorites. Matt of Communis, our birth father that can't be disputed. And for the first time on our program, we're going to have Jen of the Community Rewatch Podcast. And I'm very excited to have her as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come and join us. And also, uh, get ready for What's Ahead by writing us in at CandacePointPodcast at gmail.com for your trivia, your favorite funny moment, and your episode MVP for History 101 for when we dive into Season 4. And come check us out on Patreon. If you like what we do on the show and you want to see us take it further, both with community and beyond, patreon.com slash podcast is the way to do that. Steven, where can the cheapskates find us? Um, well, whether you're a patron or not, you can find us over on Twitter, over at You Can't Disappod. You can also find us on Instagram under the name Can't Disappoint Podcast. And then we also like to hang out over on Facebook and YouTube if you're into that sort of thing. Our name to type into your little search bar, 
there is You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. The whole name of the show, mm -hmm. the whole name of the game the is game. following us, subscribing. You just smash that like button with your little fingies. Your dirty little let's know, yeah, piggy. You make sure you don't wash them till after you smash that button because we want to get all your Smash and wash all your kids. goop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that being said, I think that's where we've got to end things this week. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. From inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter, go get your booster shot or get your first get your shot booster. if you're an idiot and haven't gotten that yet. And mm -hmm. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. We love you very much. We'll see you next week for the roundtable. And then we charge forward into the, 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 the world of community to see what the second half of this show we love so much has to do for us. I'm high as hell, you're about to get shot. I'm high as hell, you're about to get shot. Now, Steven, how can we really quick in the last, like, ten seconds of this turn it into, what if this is the last episode of the podcast? I'm leaving. I'm sure that my moving to Minnesota tomorrow won't affect the show, but I, it's time for me to pack up and start a new family, Steven. Well, I am uh, going to... Enter myself into a rehabilitation program. I just can't get enough Let's Chips. We'll be back next week, guys. We love you. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye, kids. Give me some